In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Okay, confession. We're going to start with a confession. Ready? I'm a gardener. No, I'm addicted to gardening. I love gardening. It's my hobby. It's the place that I go where I work with my hands. And there's nothing better to me than going into the backyard and taking these two hands without gloves and sticking them into the soil of one of my my four by four beds. And every morning I come out and I, and I water, I hand water. Um, the, I actually have two um, hoses and I walk out and as I water, I'm looking at the leaves. And I'm looking at the leaves for disease and for insects. Now, the insects, you have to know if they're good or bad insects. And right now I'm, I'm in a battle with these little red, not, they're not the um, good kind, little red insects that are attacking my milkweed. And they get into the very core where the new leaves are coming out and, and they eat it. Well, when they see my shadow coming, they flip under and they try to get away, but I, man, I grab them and I crush them right in, the, in, my, in my hands, in between my fingers. Now, everybody will tell you I am not a killer. I'm not a killer. I will hug a bear. I, you know what? I give all my eggplant to the raccoon that comes around and eats it, and I'm not even mad at him. But those insects, those insects that hurt my plants are dead on the doornail. And so I'm watching for them every morning. And in addition to that, I'm pulling weeds. Because weeds, weeds are the nemesis of the garden. They steal the nutrients from the good plants. So I weed, I feed, I, I prune. I have four big garbage cans every week that go out filled with pruning from my garden. Now, there's not for me at the end of a four or five hour t time out in the garden, which is a normal for me. A lot of times Michael will have to come out and go, Patricia, you're done. I'm like from head to toe soil, sweating. But the best part about it is sitting down in my lawn chair with a big cool glass of ice water and just gazing at the garden looking at all the different flowers, all the colors, all the textures, the leaves, the shades of green, seeing the butterflies flittering around, because when you have flowers, the butterflies come, B little bumblebees, the birds come into the bird feeders and into the bath. It's, it's a wonderful time. Now, 26 years ago, we moved into our home and I sat in the backyard and there was nary a plant to be seen. We had three huge oak trees, and I remember sitting on the back porch daydreaming of the day that our backyard would be an oasis, that it would be a peaceful place in the midst of this busy city. 26 years. Growing a pleasant, wonderful garden takes a long time, and it takes a lot of effort. Over the years, I've been thinking about what is it that really is, is paramount to a good garden. And I have to say, plants live by their roots, and their roots live in soil, um, unless you're talking hydroponics, which we're not doing today. So they live in soil, right? 
And so the most important thing about a garden's health is the soil. I was talking with Ann Taylor. Her husband has worms, a worm farm, and he has the worms to put in there because the worms will help, help your soil. So rich, nutrient-dense soil is crucial to the, a successful garden. In fact, it's the health of your soil will determine if a seed germinates, remains, and becomes and bears fruit. Good soil, by the way, is real soft. It's, it's, it, if you lift a plant out of good soil, it'll just crumble off. It doesn't cling to the roots. Michael and I live in between two lakes over in College Park. And when you take a shovel into our dirt, it is rich, dark soil. But the problem is it's compact. When you take a, a plant out of it, the, the soil will just hold on to the roots. So my job has been over the years to amend the soil or to put compost, organic matter into it, to loosen it up and make it, give it that crumbly feeling. On the other hand, Michael and Michael's sister and her husband, they just bought a house a couple years ago in Palm Bay. Now, Kevin is a, a farmer. He's more a, a farmer than a gardener. He loves those vegetables and he had acres. Well, they moved over to Palm Bay and we went over to, you know, christen their home. We're sitting on the back porch looking at their backyard and it's there are no plants. It's all just grass like mine was years and years ago. And I said, hey, Kevin, you got a heyday here. You got a whole backyard. You can plant it. You can do it. He goes, you know, there's a reason there aren't any plants in my back in this backyard. I said, oh yeah? He said, yeah, I bought a couple of avocado trees and I went to plant them and he put his shovel in it and about an inch in it just stopped. When they had developed that site over there, it was in a floodplain, and the developer brought in a bunch of coquina shell. Coquina shell. Coquina, the coquina shell that the St. Augustine's forts, their walls are built with coquina shell, and it's called the rock that saved St. Augustine. When the cannons from Great Britain came against them, they would bounce off them. It was so hard. Coquina stone. So it's no wonder he had no plants in his yard. So what did Kevin do? He built a bunch of raised beds, and then he had a bunch of dump trucks come and fill in, bring in good soil so he could plant and grow. Now, there's no way to germinate a seed in stone. The only way to germinate, and germinate means the seed has to, has to basically be in an environment where it releases it dies so that that life can come out. So the only way to do that is to put it into, into soil, preferably rich, dense, nutrient-dense soil. In Ezekiel, the prophecy of God refers, a prophecy of God refers to the heart of humankind as a heart of stone. God compares the people's rebellion to having a heart of stone. He speaks on in 1119, he says, I'm going to give them one heart and a new spirit within them. I'm going to put it in them. I'll remove their heart of stone from their flesh and I'll give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Well, look at that. God's a gardener. 
He sees the coquina-stoned heart of humankind, and just like Kevin understood there was no amending his soil, God comprehended the only thing to do would be to rectify our heart of stone, would be to bring in nutrient-rich soil. And that's just what he did when his son, Jesus the Christ, willingly came to be in the likeness of sinful flesh, to condemn sin in the flesh so that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Referring to the psalm, Jesus the Christ, the one who inclines his heart to perform the statutes of God forever, has made his heart available for those who would believe and receive it. Only that one heart is the only one capable of yielding the just requirements of the law. Psalm 1, blessed is the man, the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water it yield, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf never withers. Jesus is the only human who can make those statements. Now, I know David wrote them, but Jesus is the only one who can say them. He's the only one who's never walked in the advice of the wicked. There's a meme I was looking at, I saw the other day, and it, it kind of struck me. It was on social media. It said, just be a good human. Would you just be a good human? If you could just be a good human and every else, everybody else be a good human, then we, everything would be fine and we'd have peace on the earth. But there's only one problem with that. Romans 3 tells us there's no one righteous. No, not even one. There's no one who has understanding. There's no one who seeks God. All of us, all of us have turned aside. Only Jesus can say, I do not stray from your precepts. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. St. Augustine, he wrote this about the psalm. He said, when you read the psalm, when you speak the psalm, you need to hear the voice of Christ, the head and its members and his members. You hear the voice of Jesus, the head and those who are in Christ. We have a voice together, only Jesus. Notice in our gospel today that the sower and the seed don't change. It's only the soil that changes. And only in the good soil does fruit come. Only in the good soil does fruit come. By the giving of his son to be that good soil, God opened up his garden again. He opened it up to let us eat of his life, that tree of life, wide open, so that anyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and gives their life to his care are born anew. And as they receive his word, the seed of his word by the Holy Spirit, which doesn't return void, 
it produces in, in them, in us, the life that yield, it, it yields life, his life here on this earth. Have you noticed this life in your life? I see it in my life and I wanna, I wanna just give an ex, a de- description of how I see it. It's like my garden in my backyard. It started out with nary a plant, not a plant to be seen in my backyard, barren. But little by little, a little by little, I planted a row of plumbago and I let it grow. It was little and then it grew and bright blue flowers started coming. And then I planted a bougainvillea here, bougainvillea there, let them grow the vine and those beautiful bright flowers coming out. I, I planted a, a whole hedge of firebush. And then when it matured, now it has these bright red and yellow and orange um, flowers that the hummingbirds are now coming to. And, and then I decided to plant some blue days to, for ground cover and that, that, that's beautiful. And then I added a, uh, uh, oh, and my rubber tree, my rubber tree that's like two feet when it was put into the ground, over, over time it's up to 50 feet tall. Then I add a bird feeder and bird, birds are starting to come in the bird bath where they can have, have their baths. And then maybe a waterfall. And one day I stood out in the backyard. I just stood out in the backyard and I looked around and I went, wow. The landscape sure has changed. God's a gardener. God's a gardener. He saw the stone that is our collective heart. God saw that stone and he rolled it away at the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. He rolled that stone away so that we could have access to the good soil heart of Jesus, his Christ. First Corinthians 15, 45 says, thus it is written, the first human, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Let's finish this up looking at what it might be if we set our minds on the things of the spirit, like, like Paul tells us to do. What would that yield in our lives? Like my backyard garden, right? What flowers? Well, it yields the love of God, right? We start out with a little bit of love of God. And as we go along, that love gets bigger, right? In a relationship, you don't just fall in love and stay in that same love. It grows. And that love of God turns into a love for others, turning us inside out. And that produces joy and kindness, the flower of generosity and gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, and self-control. What, what do we need to do right? To set our minds on the things of the spirit that our lives are, would be that garden. 
Yield to the gardener's hand. Yield to the gardener's hand. It takes vulnerability and trust. But he is a good gardener and he, is, he has great care for his garden. He is a God who is full of steadfast love and faithfulness to do good for us. Receive of the water of his word. Receive it daily. Not only to understand it cognitively, but to be changed by it. Let it form you. Let the seed not only penetrate, but let it germinate. Let it germinate and grow out of you. It takes time. It's not instantaneous. Eat from the table to receive strength and, 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 and to receive renewal and solace and pardon. Experience the joy of his garden with others, right? Sit in a lawn chair with your, your glass of ice water with others and laugh and cry and wonder together. And lastly, invite others into the garden, into his garden to enjoy that peaceful oasis with you. Brothers and sisters, may we become a garden of his life, knowing and understanding what things we ought to do, and also that we may have the grace and the power to accomplish them for his kingdom come on earth. Amen.